For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, May 9th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... ...re in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon here today with, again, the A-Team. we got Bill, Dalla, Bill, Laco. We're only down 10%. I, I get you. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty much a dollar. Yeah, and we got the one and only Dr. Gene Hensler. Doc, how's it going? It's going wonderful. The weather is absolutely gorgeous. A little bit chilly, but my gosh, what lovely weather we've had. Yeah. Well, that should make everybody at least get out of their front porch, and you are allowed to do that now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're you're over 65, Gene. If you get hey, out of the no, house, no, you're no, supposed no, to be no, sheltering in place, no, buddy. I got, don't make I me got, call the shelter in place proof. police. When I was a kid, I was 16. I had to get a 20 proof to be 21. I got. I went back to the same guy. It's amazing he's still alive, and he got me a set of proof showing I'm 64. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, we will we will tase you in your parking lot if you try to yeah. you know in your driveway. We will drop you right there. That's right. And we, you know. it, it's healthier than the alternative, I guess. That's fair. Of course, you know you could spend seven days in jail like that lady in Texas. Uh, I think the governor overturned that one. Yeah. Well, she's still in jail. Is she? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, she was as of last night. Maybe he commuted her sentence today. I don't know. Just just for leaving the house? I mean, well, she opened her store. Ah. She opened her store. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Had to feed her family. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's better than taking a gun, you know, shooting somebody because you were supposed to wear a mask into the McDonald's or whatever place that was. Wow. I mean, that's some crazy yeah. stuff, man. There, there, are, there is some bizarre things. Are we only down 10%? I thought we really are down just 10%. On the S&P or the Dow? S&P. Okay. Well, Dow's down a little further, right? Uh, yeah, probably so. Okay. Boeing actually weighed on it. It was a huge uh, component, something that folks don't understand. Boeing's a pri- I mean, the Dow is a price-weighted index, meaning that it's like you bought one share of each of those 30 stocks. So the one with the biggest price has the biggest weight. And uh, Boeing was trading at around 250 before this thing happened. It's been cut substantially, so, yeah, it, it hurt. Um but, uh, yeah, the S&P 500 down 10%. I say just 10%. Uh, it was down. 35, wasn't it? Yeah, 33.9, 34%. Yeah, <clears throat> it was uh, pretty ugly. And guess who's leading the pack? Year to date, we have one sector that's positive, information technology. Well, NASDAQ went positive for the year today, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Well, again, that's very tech-heavy, so it's not real surprising. 2.62% uh, positive on the information technology sector. Uh, worst of the bunch, energy, we know what's going on there. We've talked about it a lot here. Um, it's still down 37%, eh? It, it really is. So this is uh, this is almost the perfect 
time to talk about how this stuff works, right? Uh, energy coming out of the gate, we we fell about 56%. So Got to go up more than 100 to get back. <laughs> that's exactly right, Bill. <laughs> so it's up 57% from the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if you were if you if you took the not the way, right approach. The easiest way to think about it is if you take a dollar and you cut it to fifty cents. Right. If you go up fifty percent from there, how much will you have? Seventy five cents. That's, That's right. right. You ain't no dollar. That's right. Okay. So uh, anyway, energy You don't think about it. Like intuitively you go, Oh, fifty percent, I go back up fifty percent, but it's yeah. not mm-mm. Mm-mm. doesn't work. That's why falling less is always better. That's absolutely there's a whole lot of value in falling mm-hmm. less, no doubt. Uh, if you look back to uh, 12 months ago, we're actually positive on the S&P 500, 2.15% over the past 12 months. Uh, information technology, again, positive. And how how big positive do you think that is, Bill? I don't know. 24%. Wow. Technology is up 24% in the Gene, last 12 months. Gene, I, what shocks me is so is health care. It's up 14%. 14%, yep, no doubt. Gene, uh, I'm, yep. not a, I'm not a market timer, but... It feels a little frothy. What do you think? Um, I mean, given Disney's not going to open it, for a minute. It, 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 it's hard for me to get a handle around all of this stuff. Well, that's why frankly. I say it feels a little frothy. And, uh, but you've got interest rates at a negative 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. Or close to and it. you got nowhere else yeah. to put the money? I got right. it. Yeah, I got it. And uh, so it's hard for me to say that 25 times or 16 times or whatever, uh, you know, when we talk about the normal is what, 16 times, something like that? Yeah, correct? 16 and a half. Yeah, you're looking at normal interest rates of 5% maybe, all right? Yeah, that's true. So it's take your pick. We do know that the only place that we can get a decent cash return on our investment today is the stock market. True again. Yeah. Okay. There's no doubt. Um, And we can get a dividend return that equals at least the rate of inflation, so I'm not losing 2% a year on investing my money in treasuries. That's true. And by the way, did you notice, Troy, that – uh, the government is back issuing 20-year bonds. Yeah, they had they had talked about that uh, a few months ago. When did they, they start that? Do. Yeah, they had they're going to make ma- this the the, uh, the May auction. Oh, they're okay. Yeah. Sell 20 billion. I don't know why they don't issue a 100-year bond. I don't understand. Yeah. I, you probably get a hundred-year bond. Is there for anything like against the law that, that we know of that says they can't issue hundred? Other governments like issue hundred-year bonds. Long time yeah, ago. not that I know of. I, I, I don't think it's illegal, so they they could I potentially just don't understand do it. Why they wouldn't do it? We've seen corporations go out fifty years. It's uh, it's been a few years ago, but Walmart actually issued a fifty-year bond, and uh, you know, you've only seen it really with the AAA, the the high-rated, top-rated uh, corporations that well, have done that. I don't think that. you get any better rated than the United States. Oh, no, unless you ask S and P, and then it's a double <laughs> or China, a double a or plus. China. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, China borrows a lot of debt. Yeah, well, but, I mean, lends us a lot of money. They well, buy a lot of debt. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's a there, there's a market out there for fifty year bonds from uh, you know uh, insurance just companies, insurance right? companies yeah. who are trying to offset their legal obligations. Right. Yep. Uh, so that would be a ready market. I don't know where there's a market for a hundred year bond, except just to be greedy. But uh, that, that's really the only argument I've heard against the 100-year bond because, you know, banks and insurance companies are the ones that hold most of the the debt in the U.S. It's an institutional um, function, really, and, and they have to have uh, operations to lay off. And I assume that there are plenty of them out there that believe that they're going to be in, in business in 100 years. 
but uh, there probably aren't very many other companies that uh, forecast well, out that far. insurance companies because you, you, a 20-year-old buys a life insurance policy, life expectancy is over 70. Right. That in theory, they need some money in a 50-year instrument to offset that risk. Correct. So, um, but I, I, beyond that, I don't see, you know, much in the way of what uh, uh, issuing more, except if, if I were the government today, I'd be issuing a, a million-year million bond. <laughs> <laughs> At yeah. the rate of interest, et cetera, and stuff like that. And, I'd, and what I would do is I would replace everything less than, every, every government security less than a million years. Yeah, the 30-year right now is just short of 1.4%. Are treasuries callable? They're not callable, are they? Um, no. no. Okay. No. So the bottom line would be is I think what that would do to our annual budget. Yeah. Now, I mean, now, that's who's going to be the last guy to buy the millionaire year bond? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do sell perpetuities. Theoretically, that would be a million year bond, right? <laughs> the, the government doesn't do it, but there are some insurance companies that'll surely let you get. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely um, how, preferred how, stock. I, I know what your answer is going to be when I ask this question because we've talked about it before, but how is all this money not going to be inflationary at some point? How does that even work, especially this phase five or whatever they're talking about, yeah. another $2 trillion right. plus? How, how does that even work? Well, I think in theory, Bill, there, here's the thinking about this, is there are paying people – to spend money that they wouldn't have spent otherwise. And thereby, they're not increasing demand, they're just maintaining demand. Well, okay. But you see what I'm saying? For all the borrowing to pay out, uh, for example, to your employees, right? okay, to keep them on the payroll or keep them on furlough, um, that's allowing the people to spend money. And, they, and quite frankly, they, they really haven't had any place to spend it, Bill. Well, DoorDash they're not, they're not taking vacations, <laughs> and they're fair. not eating out at restaurants. Yeah, the, the banking function quite often is said to actually act as a multiplier. So, you know, coming out of 2007 and eight, the reason that we didn't see inflation, or at least so the argument goes, is that uh, banks, they, they didn't lend much money. And I, if yeah, you talk to the banks, we just manufactured $6 trillion. Right. Yeah, thin air. Well, part yeah, and not only that, quantitative easing actually puts dollars into the system. But uh, yeah, I mean, you. I guess conceptually, Gene, what I'm trying to say is, I'm thinking, I I would rather put my dollar in my mattress than give it to the federal government at point six five. Well, I don't don't look now, but absolutely true. Right. And there's no question about it. I can't think of a, a dumber place. To put your money, except except total fear. Well, the other thing is, though, inflation's still at about 1.5, so your dollar loses that much value just by being in your mattress well, every year. Well, that's fair, I guess. But so, you know, the 0.65 doesn't get you flush. You still have a negative return, but it's uh, it's not as bad as, as what we might be thinking about, just throwing your money in a mattress. Dr. Gene, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about the financial situation uh, a lot more. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. They paid paradise and put up a fucking lie. It's impossible to know the future. But if things... Money! Slow down. 
It helps to be prepared. This, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Dalla Bill Laco and Dr. Gene Hensler. Um, when we, uh, when well, we left, you, I'm 90 cent. Well, I mean, you know, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. It's just 10 percent. That's a rounding, That's a rounding error. error. Yeah, from here. I got you. Yeah. I mean, you've been less than that before, even in That's true. weeks past. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Not too know, long ago, actually. You, you were three-quarter, Bill. <laughs> right. Remember that? Well, it wasn't long ago. All right. Uh, Dr. Gene, we wanted to talk a little about some of the economic uh, indicators we've seen released this week. Um, first of all, jobless claims, which is really uh, probably the best indicator of some of the economic pain we've seen. But uh, uh, you did point out during the break that uh, – the benefits, the unemployment, new claims for unemployment uh, benefits declined, although they were up 3.17 million. That was yeah, 677,000. Right. So it, it feels as if maybe we're getting toward the, you know, kind of the peak so in Basically, anybody who, who's been laid off has been laid off. Right. Right. That, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, states are a little slow on filing these things, too. And that may, you know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. So, so. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing I, I noticed that, um, like I said, new mortgage applications were up. That was right. a good thing. Uh, I'm looking at my screen right now from the American Club and Kohler's as they're now open and having golf packages, and you can stay there. Yeah. And, and uh, Big Cedar Lodge is opening their restaurants in the state of Missouri. So I'm talking about this. The recoveries everywhere, everybody's worried about the one thing, and that is maybe we were too, are too soon. I right. think that the, these are signs that maybe we're not too soon. Yeah, uh, that uh, percent increase in the uh, purchase index is 5.8%. So uh, it's not just a, a minute increase. Uh, at the same time, it seems like the refinance index is is uh, wearing off a little bit. I, you know, we had so many opportunities to refinance over the last few years. Uh, we really were amazed that we were going to get another opportunity, but we did. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, we talked about this back on March 6th, the spike in refinancing, 78.6%. Just unbelievable. But again, you know. The, uh, can you ref- can, Bill, can you refinance a house if you're unemployed? It's, I don't think so. Well, I mean, uh, the only way that would work is if you had enough assets. Yeah, yeah. tons of assets, right. Well, which usually mean you're older and you're right. huddled in your house. Correct. And, uh, can't yeah. do a whole bunch. This is surely not the days of the ninja loan. Remember those, Dr. Gene? No oh, income, yes. no job, no assets. No you documents. Can still get it. <laughs> you can just breathe on <laughs> a piece right. of paper. That's Fog right. a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> they they actually actually sent someone out to do a actual physical appraisal. Right. Inside and out, out of my house. Did they really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I was pulling cash out. Same here. I uh, I applied recently and uh, just this week had the same situation. People showed up and wanted to see all the rooms. My daughters were a little embarrassed. They had a mask on. <laughs> uh, but uh, what a hell of a time. They have someone come and inspect the inside of your house. Exactly. It? Yeah, I, I think the common areas were fine, but my daughters were. They told me, yeah, that was a little uncomfortable to have somebody walk through my room. But uh, anyway, that's how you have it. Um, okay. So yeah. I know I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm eternally optimistic. Um, maybe a bit confused right now because I don't know how these changes are so dramatic, but. 
We've always recovered, and I think the most logical thing to do is assume that's going to happen. And the devastation, let me tell you right now, that, that because of this thing and people not working, et cetera, uh, CVS just uh, put out and said people are not renewing their regular prescriptions. Mm. That there's a fall off in, in, in demand for prescriptions because people are filling their regular ones. Emergency rooms are talking about there's no one coming in, and they know people are having heart attacks and strokes. That hasn't changed. Right. And, and so there's a lot of questions out there. And Bill, as you pointed out, that the hospitals were given a 20% bonus for a COVID-19 patient as payment for not doing elective surgeries, et cetera. Oh, I didn't know they got, I, I didn't know what the dollar 20% amount was. 20% bonus. Wow. wow. So if you've got somebody that comes in with a stroke, that person, they're going to find a COVID-19. I'm not, I'm not saying hospitals would do that, you know, just because there's an economic incentive <laughs> To do something doesn't mean that <clears throat> hospitals will do that. Or anyone, right? Or anyone. Yeah. So um, it's going to be interesting to see that maybe COVID, it was, it's bad, it wasn't as bad as everybody said it was going to be. We know that for sure. Yeah. And maybe uh, this worked, causing everybody to be disruptive in their life and people losing jobs like crazy. But I question the balance of that when we're going to be all done with this doggone thing. I think round number two is not going to exist. I'm very hopeful that it's not, but... Um, well, know, I'm saying to you is the government reaction is not going to be the same regardless if there's... Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. I agree with that for sure. All right, uh, Bill, you wanted to talk a little about um, the PPP and... and uh, Did I? Well, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. So, Gene, look, we had a question from a uh, restaurant owner. Yeah, I saw that. Employs 40 or so people, and um, when they closed in April, they brought back eight staff to basically work Friday and Saturday nights to do curbside stuff. And um, they missed the first PPP, but ended up getting the second. The concern is now that, you know, they're worried that, you know, their, their staff is currently on the uh, Department of Labor $600 extra on top of the 325 right. Yeah, whatever. they're making more money not working than working, maybe. Yes. So, you know, the issue is you got, under the current rules, you have eight weeks to spend the money from the time you get the loan. Um, and, and, and there's some, I, I, I've heard... I've heard differing opinions. It's either the time you sign the loan document or the time you actually take the money, mm. which can be seven days difference. And when you've yep. got eight, eight of those seven days, <laughs> you know, it can make a difference in how you spend the money. Sure. Anyway, long story short, they're not sure that they're going to be able to bring their employees back, and then they're not sure that there's enough work to be able to keep them employed. So what happens to the PPP? So, so let's talk about this. As I have been told, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express, <clears throat> but I was told by an HR attorney that in Georgia, if you furlough the employee, not lay them off, but furlough, right. uh, and then you bring them back and they don't come back, they lose the $600. That's my understanding. I'm not telling you you need to talk to your HR director and attorney, but that's what we have been told, number one. So, But I also understand why bring somebody back if the government's going to pay them more than you can. So there's some thought process to that. Um, 
in Georgia right now. Can you now. hire somebody in their place, Bill? Yes. Yep. And then and that counts for your for your, for your, uh, your PPP money. Yeah, it does. Okay. But because what they're doing is they're looking at uh, FTEs, full time equivalents, and then dollars spent. You know, okay. from past payroll. But point being is in Georgia right now you can earn up to two hundred ninety nine dollars. And it won't per week, and it won't count against your unemployment. So theoretically, you could get at the max now, three twenty-five in Georgia, I believe, is the number. It might be three thirty-five. I forget. Six hundred bucks. So that's nine twenty-five per week. And then if they bring you back and you pay them, you know, three hundred bucks, two ninety-nine. That's a lot of money per week. Right. You know. Well, so isn't this going to get into? I'll hire your employees, and you hire mine part time. Well, I hadn't thought about that. That's, uh-huh. You're a little sneaky, conniving. That's and, why I like you, doctor. And, and, and I, I'm not talking about two restaurants talk at each other. I'm just talking about the economics of it. You want part? You want people? And we're gonna, you're going to pay two hundred and ninety nine dollars a week. Well, what I'm hearing is they're changing their pay rate. So if you were making twelve bucks an hour, maybe now you're maybe only making seven fifty to hit the minimum wage. You see what I'm saying, and they'll give you a bonus on the back end. I don't know. We this is not our problem with our firm, but we are dealing with it with a lot of clients. There's well, a lot of unique things being done right now. What I what I caution people on is that yeah, be careful. The government has a real tendency to change his mind, and so where it's ambiguous. So there's you know one thing I've heard is that people who don't think employers who don't think they're going to be able to spend all of the PPP between now and eight weeks are giving bonuses and things of that nature. Well, that has not been defined. I have talked to many a banker who says we have gotten zero guidance from the SBA to determine how we're going to forgive these loans uh, and turn them into grants. Um, So I wouldn't just go off and give bonuses. I'd certainly be waiting until the eighth week if I was going to do something like that. But I've also heard rumors that they might spread this out from eight weeks to sixteen, which actually would make more sense to me. I think it may, I, 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 I think it makes more sense, especially for people that, if their states haven't opened up. Right. You know, I mean, because if you really uh, I, think I, about yeah, restaurants, the problem with yeah, restaurants yeah, it, is at minimum. I, 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 I can agree with that. But long as they have to pay it back if it is not spent. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and we'll talk about yeah. that, Gene. We're gonna. I'm going to cut it off here for a quick break. We got to, you know, okay. we got to pay our bills, but we'll come back and we'll talk yeah. about what happens if you don't pay it back and some of the things okay. you can do. All right, we'll be right back. Money talk. Stick around. Social distancing. Small groups. Reacting to the unexpected. Takes a lot of knowing. Self quarantine. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Dr. Gene Hensler and Bill Laco, and uh, been talking about some PPP and how uh, business owners might react, especially. Uh, you know, most specifically a, a restaurant, well, but pretty much anybody yeah. in the same spot. I mean, look in this particular case when you boil it down, the real issue is they're saying, I don't have enough business to really bring back my full workforce. So I'm going to lose the ability to turn my PPP into a grant. So do I take care of my employees or do I take care of my business? Right. And and what I would tell you is given the unemployment situation that we currently have, i.e. Georgia unemployment, federal unemployment, I think you have to save the business because eight weeks to the employee, if the business goes out of business, how are you helping the employee? Right. So my point to that, Gene, is even if you don't get to spend all of the money 
the way it was meant to turn it into a grant. It is a two-year loan at 1%. So let's yes, just say... I certainly, I, 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 yes, and as you say, things change rapidly, and you come to eight weeks and say, okay, i got to make, make a loan over two years at 1%, and they say, oh, we're extending it to 16 weeks. Right, or maybe. I mean, you know, we don't know they're going to do that. No, we just I, know what I'm saying... Know. They're not going to say, we're going to cut it back to four weeks. No, and they're not going to say, you got to pay me the money today. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess yeah. in, in a scenario, I, I would want to do whatever I could do to preserve my cash to make my business viable again. I, I, I would, too. So, you know, even if you could only bring 20 people back, let's say you had 100 employees, you bring back 20, and you pay them the way you're going to pay them, that's at least 20% that's going to be a grant. And, right. and if your employees who you call back don't want to come back, go hire somebody else. Fair enough. Hundred percent, and I and I think that's the same for every business. We we talk about restaurants a lot because they are really the uh, worst hit of anybody. But I'm sure there's manufacturing operations out there that are in the same boat. They right. sell parts to GM and to Ford and to or Chrysler to, to Delta, and to Delta, and and all these kind of things. Um, that if we don't get this incredibly sharp, you know. V come back, and it's closer to a U. I don't see why we wouldn't extend it to 16 weeks. Uh, that, that shouldn't get anybody, any of the fiscal conservatives, go, to go crazy. I don't see any any of the Democratic Party say, "Well, we don't want to benefit people by going to 16 weeks." They'll say that until you say you promise to give every the state of Illinois, New York, and California 40 billion dollars. <laughs> well, I will. I will tell you this one piece of the PPP that shocked me. Um, last Friday was the IRS came out and said, it was either Thursday or Friday, and said, based upon this being a grant, okay, then we're not going to allow you to, to deduct <laughs> the payroll expense. So think about that now. Now, mind you, I get it. You just got free money, but we got free money because somebody other than me shut our business down, right? Right. Okay. Right. So you would think the whole intent was, here's some money to pay your employees. You still get the deductions. So that puts more money back in the business owner's pocket. Sure. And the IRS comes out and says, no, you can't do that. Now, of course, the the uh, the Congress has sent a letter to Mnuchin, and, and I have a, a copy of it. It's very well written, saying the intent was this. You need to fix your IRS. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, things are changing well, you know, the IRS so fast. Is the world under itself, you know. Well, I mean, look, they got the crazy guns, woman, man. and I mean, there's just so much bad, bad news there. Yeah, I mean, look, I, but my, the point being is that you 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 talk to a banker, they, I mean, it changes so fast, and at this point, we got to be getting into. I know we're in four weeks. Is it four? Maybe six. six. I mean, you're you're into you're into a point where the SBA is going to have to start giving some guidance on how to forgive these loans. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy. yeah. I think you know we had we I, I hope a lot of you people caught when we had our banker on, and to, to see how flexible not how uh, this thing was changing day to day, and he had no direction and all this sort of stuff like that. And we were as fast as you can be getting on board this bandwagon here. And oh, yeah, we had to fill it was a, twice. a painful process. Yeah, it was painful. I, I wonder how, and again, I wonder, just a, a good old-fashioned restaurant owner, okay? Graduated from high school, went to work at a restaurant, saved money, bought his own restaurant. Does he have the financial wherewithal or knowledge to do this? Yeah, I, I mean, if you don't have a good CPA, I mean, we, we helped a lot of clients out. I mean, we were working Saturdays just like the bankers. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Um, Gene, I want to talk about one other thing that, that is, um, you know, we, we, we probably don't talk about it enough on the show, but while COVID has allowed the, um, the innocent to be hurt, there are a lot of, a lot of criminals out there that are cyber attacking. And, you know, we've seen a lot more wire fraud in the past 24 months than we have seen in a long time. And, you know, the first thing is, is look, if you get an email with wiring instructions, you need to verbally call the company to verify those wiring instructions. If you just willy-nilly wire the money out and it happens to be fraud, you're not going there's no insurance for that from anybody. Yeah, they're not going to protect you. They're not. I can't remember Send if somebody we talked about money. one of the things that hit one of our uh, clients. Well, that's what I'm about to discuss. So yeah. so you, so we had a scenario earlier this week where um his the email was compromised and they were able to get into his system and get username and passwords um and in doing so log into Schwab and there was multiple accounts and so they multiple sent out wires so you yeah. can log in right so Schwab doesn't know any different right because you're logging in they think yeah. it's you now Schwab's got very sophisticated systems and um they were able to catch 3 of the 4 Right. Algorithm wise. Now, what ended up happening was two emails were sent to two of the owners of this account. One owner doesn't really check their emails and so didn't know what was going on. The other right. owner calls us. We, of course, call Schwab Schwab. It happened so fast that they were able to reclaim the wire. That's unheard of, by the way. You can't. It's very hard to do that. Yeah. Um, so in this particular case, what I don't think people realize is that if you have an advisor and you have a custodian, and I'm, I'm not picking on Schwab. Schwab did everything right. Uh, yeah, Fidelity everything right. Everything right. Fidelity could have been the same way. I mean, we do business with all of them. Um, if you have online access, you can actually turn off some of the features. Right. So if you're never going to wire money from your account, <clears throat> deactivate it. Don't, you know, have Schwab deactivate it, and it takes, you know, your own special code to get it reactivated. So, right. you know, there's things you can do that just are so... Oh, look, they take 10 minutes. You know, I understand yeah. life gets in the way, but I'm telling you, if that, that money had been gone, let's just say it was 24 hours later, <laughs> there's no coverage for this. No, you're you're done. There's No, I mean, especially when it's not Schwab's fault and it's not the advisor's fault, it's because somebody hacked your account. Right. You know, so your email account and got in and read your emails and found your passwords. and Right, you and, know. and that's the other thing is use, a, use a, uh, an app. That's secure for your password. Yeah, so you can protection. use like, like I know Tim O'Pry, our chief uh, security guy here, um, likes LastPass. I personally like One Password. Either one of them are, are the same. You do have to be careful there because you can use their uh, what's it called, Kelly Lynn clipboard, noteboard. Okay, so if you if you if you copy and paste your password and you don't erase it, and somebody yeah. gives you a key logger or whatever, so you know, look. Nothing is foolproof, but that is much better than writing it down on a piece of paper and carrying it in your wallet. Or putting it somewhere on right. your computer where it can be right. hacked for sure. And then the other thing you need to do, Gene, is put, I know I'm talking to the guy You're who's the most. You're speaking to a stone to the, wall to the who most, doesn't understand. But you don't try to log in. You, at least you don't try to log in anywhere. Would you Would you please call my wife and give her that? Oh, well, she knows what to do. <laughs> we, 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 we have you. We, we, you're still bubble wrapped. See, people don't even know. If you tried to leave the house, you couldn't get out. <laughs> so we'll you, you like, like Trump. Man, you can you can you can come do radio, but you can't leave the house. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> but there's also what they call multi-factor multi-factor authentication, which allows you to right. you know, so you log in with username and password, but then they'll text you your you know one final 
uh, what's the word? Well, uh, numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Codes or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Losing my mind. Um, so then, you know, once you put in your username and password, you know the code that comes via text. It's, sure. it's much more secure than not having it. And I think everyone should use multi-factor. I'm just my my biggest deal is in in we, we experienced this, Gene, not personally, but we had we know of a situation where there was going to be a closing to buy a house. Right. Closing attorney got hacked. The person buying the house received the wire instructions via the closing attorney. They wired the five hundred thousand dollars. Oh! Custodian says you didn't verify the wiring instructions. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't. There's. I mean, I'm just telling you, this is a mess. That money is gone. That's right. You can't get it back. Custodian's not going to cover you. Your homeowner's isn't going to cover you. You might have what about some. Re- suing the lawyer. Well, I know, but I mean, you know, you're out five hundred grand. We'll see you in about three years. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I you know, understand. I mean, <clears throat> It's, I mean, we pay for a lot of insurance. The custodians pay for a lot of insurance for this kind of stuff. But they have drawn a hard line at if you're not verifying the instructions. Like if, we, if, if, if I got an email from a client that said, wire $100,000 out, and I do not call that client, and that, that's a fraudulent wire, guess who's going to have to pay for it, Gene? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, as it should be. I mean, but individuals have to understand this. You don't, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it might take you 20 minutes to make sure. Yeah, but isn't it well, worth twenty minutes to save fifty, exactly. sixty, seventy, a hundred thousand dollars? Security is almost always going to be inconvenient, yep. and uh, people too often are willing to overlook it because it is just that inconvenient. But right. it, it can save you a lot of money and a lot of heartache. A hundred percent. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break here, and uh, when we get back, we'll talk some more about financial situation. Gene's going to give us a stock that will guarantee to go up. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Guaranteed uh, not. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> We're not allowed to use that word. Yeah, okay. not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guaranteed, eh? Yeah. There you go. Stick around. SEC, it's a joke. It is a joke. You're listening to Money Talks, unless you're the SEC. Stick around. Things go wrong. You're scared. Knowledge is power. There's a lot about this virus that we don't know. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Dalla Bill Laco and Dr. Gene Hensler. Um, Gene, you got that pick? That, that guaranteed doesn't go up pick? Uh, Bill, I'm, <laughs> I hate to tell you this. There is no such thing as a guarantee. Really? Yeah. No. Even if the Treasury says they guarantee you're going to earn 6 Point six five percent. That's not what you're really going to earn after you, after inflation or taxes. How about that? Or hey, tax? It's, it's real weird. I was talking to my insurance guy, and he told me he had all kind of guarantees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No well, they are guaranteed up to the. Uh, no insurance companies have gone out of business. That's oh, well, true. that's interesting. Part. Oh, and and by the way, the interesting part is they're guaranteed and and funded by an unfunded. Guarantee fund, state by state. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, and, and that is the absolute truth. It's as good as the company backing it, basically. And, I mean, wouldn't you say the same about a stock? I don't know. Fair enough. We like to make fun of, uh, you know, if if you want to do that, then uh, an insurance company's bonds are also as guaranteed as Uh, as their details. All right, so I I have a stock question for the two of you, and I know you want to talk about energy, and we'll do that in a minute. So I watched the CEO of Hilton today um, on CNBC, and and I actually – 
I guess I didn't. I, I don't know what I thought Hilton did, but I obviously educated myself. So mm-hmm. they don't actually own any hotels, which I found fascinating. I guess I should have known that. But so what happens? Does Hilton step in and help? Let's say a hotel down the street is going to fail because you know some of these things are going to fail, right? Correct. Okay. So I mean that's going to obviously hit Hilton's earnings, right. but since they don't own the property, how, how, what I mean is there some mechanism for them to step in and take it over or help well, somebody? I, I, as, as I, I'm sure they have a, they don't have an obligation to do it. That's the idea of franchising these things. Yeah, but you don't uh, want your brand sitting there empty, do you? I mean, I don't. No, I, I understand no. that, but that's that's the decision for Hilton. I mean, the bottom line is is that they're going to be hurting. I'm sure they work on some basis of revenue. And the revenues are down, so their revenues are down, and they're probably all sitting back in luxurious office buildings in midtown Manhattan, paying obnoxious rent. Well, I'm sure they're at their home. They can't leave. They're <laughs> they're hunkered down, bro. No, 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 no. These, 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 these are these, these are above the law. These guys. No, you know? well. I mean, they're, like, they're like they're like movie stars. You know what I'm saying? Well, all right. So let me ask you this: When when would you buy Hilton or a Marriott or you know? When I would wouldn't you, ever. I, we never uh, have. I, those have never been any of my favorite things to own uh, because they are so doggone cyclical. Well, and there's another reason because we use a screen that makes sure that we've got high quality <laughs> securities, and they okay, so they never meet. All right, so leaving that aside for yeah, a second, sure. would this not be the time to look at them? Like, would this would this not be the time to actually think about buying an airline? I'm just asking. I know Buffett sold all of his, and I'm not saying he was wrong doing that. But airlines uh, have never made a dollar since the Wright brothers. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's funny is Buffett was quoted back when uh, I forget which airline it was, maybe Eastern from a long time ago, went bust and he lost a lot of money. He he quoted himself said <laughs> they somebody should have shot the Wright brothers out of the sky. <laughs> that was his quote. And and here we sit now, you know, he did it again and I was scratching my head, what's wrong with the guy? I'll tell you this, United went out this week and tried to borrow two and a quarter billion dollars. Uh they came up about um fifty million uh yeah, fifty million short five hundred million short. It was bigger than that. Yeah. So uh, um they're still Even struggling. Even the high-risk people at ridiculous interest rates aren't picking nine, up. Well, okay, 9%, so, guys. So we agree We agree. travel's a problem, hospitality's a problem, restaurants are a problem. But wouldn't that also be an opportunity? Well, there's people that are in business precisely as you're saying, Bill. There are people who uh, deal in high-yield debt all the time. In fact, like I said... So there's nothing in quality in travel, hospitality, or restaurants? Well, I'll tell you this. We often see companies in in uh, in uh, at least the travel industry. We we see a lot of businesses. Spirit Airlines uh, is one that we've seen recently, as well as uh, Alaska Air, um, and even Delta, I believe, screens in on our high-quality uh, portfolio. But uh, right now, with with so little clarity, you would have to discount the fool out of these prices in order to make it so that so that it, the risk you were taking was really going to be reasonably compensated. Mm. Like I say, so United, you what about Carnival? Wouldn't even consider Carnival. Carnival, believe it or not, Bill. I don't know if you remember. A few years ago, we owned well, I know, Carnival. I know. Uh, no, I mean. I wouldn't right now. You don't think they're going to cruise again ever? Yes, I think they are. Okay. But do I want to take the risk? Every other room. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually when I would want to go. (laughs) 
How about uh, every other floor? I think the problem with the I don't cruises, want to go with five thousand of my closest friends. Right. That's yeah. why I've never been on a cruise. I, I view I view getting on a big boat with eight thousand people as one big petri dish every time you travel. Well, it's that's true. Just, it's not. It's just not COVID nineteen for Pete's sake. Exactly. And I mean, and I mean that's not the way to travel. And and, and as for getting on an airline with two hundred and sixty passengers. To, Elbow to elbow, uh, I was thinking of another phrase. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> elbow to elbow, I, I, you've got to be pretty courageous to do that. But you know, yeah, but that's today. You got to I mean, visit parents. The day you got to do this. You got to touch people. You got to do some. Some travel has to be. But you know, this idea of the face-to-face meeting and flying cross-country to do it um, is losing less appeal. It, it's has less appeal all the time, as is spending two and a half hours in Atlanta traffic going back and forth to work. Yeah, we've just proven to ourselves that you don't necessarily have to play that game. And and that's the other thing. I mean, Bill, uh, there's a reason that Hilton doesn't own its real estate. Yeah, the real estate. That would make me want a short real estate. <laughs> exactly. So so the real estate actually comes with, I mean, I there's don't a lot Marriott, of rigidity. I don't think Marriott owns theirs, do they? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not That's sure. That's strictly a management company. Right. And and the thing is, you know, when you think about it from those terms, like I said, there are people who are out there that invest in these kind of situations. They sit around in cash for years and years at times until they get the opportunity. When they do, they, they make up for all the opportunity they missed sitting on the sidelines in cash. And, and I really believe that what you're going to see is if uh, if the building owner goes bust, Somebody will step in and buy it, and I'm, I'm sure that that's yeah, what you know, these Yeah, I told you the old expression was, are. you don't buy a hotel until the third bankruptcy. <laughs> so there you go. All right. There's, there's All right. the All right. What about oil, man? Oil's come way back. It really has. Did you like buy it at the bottom? Did you get some WTI at the bottom? I, here's the thing, Bill. You, I, couldn't, you can't buy I, it. Did we not have a boat full of it? We didn't. Yeah, you didn't. No. I don't. I don't come have on, pockets man. deep enough to store oil or buy it. So, Gene, uh, come on. The thing is, uh, we, we do that? have. We saw that. Did we not see that? <laughs> I can look yeah. at it now and see it. We, we, How do we not we know it? We saw then? it as it unfolded. <laughs> yeah, we didn't foresee it. <laughs> That's it. the problem. Uh, so the thing is, we got this question from Craig from Woodstock, who says, "I've always uh, bought index funds and ETS, ETFs or uh, diversified mutual funds." I've always let my investments keep me diversified rather than trying to do it myself. Now my broker's pushing uh, a sector ETF for energy. It's VDE, which is a Vanguard energy index fund. He feels uh, this is a good buy right now uh, to get in before transportation picks back up and oil prices increase. Do you think it's a good idea? You know, for the last few weeks I've been talking about this. I believe that the price of crude oil is below its uh, level of sustainability. What we saw, um, you know, and I've talked about this too, but I'll refresh for those that haven't heard it. Um, we we saw demand starting to slow, and Saudi Arabia noticed this, and they tried to go. In fact, they did go to OPEC and and got an agreement, but they wanted to reach out and get Russia's buy-in as well. What they were going to do is reduce their production, reduce supply, and keep prices stable. Well, Russia. Uh, said, no, they didn't want to play along. So Saudi Arabia said, oh, yeah, hold my beer. Uh, and they started <laughs> producing oil like nobody's business and uh, oversupplied the market. When you have an oversupply, basically you kill the price on, on a commodity like that. Um, so what we've got now is oil uh, somewhere around 24 25 bucks a barrel. 
uh, Brent crude at 31. You've got prices that don't allow Saudi Arabia or Russia to uh, continue sustaining their economic uh, activities. So well, I really no believe. No one is certainly going to poke new holes in the ground. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, production. That's the thing. So what happens is you, you, you will have, it's like anything else, it's like building. What you'll have is a, a multiplier accelerator effect. What you're going to have is someday you're going to find out that you don't have enough oil coming out of the ground because no one dug any new holes for the last five years. Yeah, and, and this and will pass. And then prices go up to $100 a barrel, and they'll say they're never going down again. And guess what happens? Yeah, no doubt. It um it will rebound. We're going to have something go on. So, um, Craig, what I would say is uh, I'm I'm a, a fan of this idea. Diversified, so you're not going to get one specific company that might go out of business. Uh, Dr. Gene, that's it for the show, but I think the market will be up next week. What do you think, Bill? Flat. I think Flat. the market's going to be up. Flat. Bill's there we go. Good deal. Do, Bill? Flat. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.